Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Be blessed, O God. Train me in your ways of wise living. No matter how smart uh, you are or how much education you've accumulated over the years, you will not be able to understand what I'm about to say, what I'm about to present, what the Spirit would say to the church using dusty frames unless you read it with the eyes of your heart. There are people who are looking at things through the eyes, the natural eye, and with the natural way of doing things, but this message needs to be caught and you need to see it with the eyes of your heart. We sing a song here at the church, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Well, God can't be seen naturally. Moses had the same desire. He said, if you look at me without the blood, you'll die. But I'm going to let my goodness and my mercy, I'm going to let my spirit pass before you. And I'll show you my end result. I'll show you the end from the beginning. And you'll see me with the eyes of your heart. And I'm praying today that the light of God would shine brightly upon damaged souls. People who have lost loved ones. Folk who are going through uh, deep grief and pain. That God would use this time to massage you. And to heal the brokenhearted. Here's the theory. God's written word dwells in your head. But his living word dwells in your heart. Let me say it again. God's written word, the logos, dwells in the head. But his eternal word, the living, vivacious word, the word that is quick and powerful and sharper than a double-edged sword, it needs to dwell, it needs to dwell deeply in your heart. The psalmist had the right spirit. How can a person live a clean life? It must, she must be careful reading the map of your word. And it has to go beyond just natural reading. But I need the eyes of my heart to see you. I need to be single-minded in my pursuit of you. Too many distractions in our world and people are being lured down bad paths with distractions. If you get the word in you, no demon can live in you. If you get the word in you, no devil can harness you. If you get the word in you, there's something about the word. It just, it just destroys. The anointing flows upon you. The anointing is attracted to the word and it destroys every yoke. 
The psalmist says, I'm single-minded in purpose of you, in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. Well, how would you know the road signs if you haven't read the map? How would you know it if you have never been tested? You need to know what road signs mean. And God's word has a way of explaining it all. I want to invite you to a deeper dimension of spiritual receptivity. I want you to let your, a lot, let me say it again. I want you to invite you to a deeper level, a deeper dimension of spiritual receptivity. I want you to see God as a flowing river. Glory to God. And you need to access that river to get your anointing, to get your flow. Some people aren't tapping into the flow. He's there. He's speaking. He's moving by spirit and by power. But we have to get that flow, that stream into our own hearts, into our own lives, into our own homes and family. The singleness of, of, of heart, the singleness of purpose and pursuit gives us access into the flow. For a moment, I need to go deeper and lay some foundation and I need to marinate. I need to saute this. The natural mind versus the spiritual mind. I think I share with you the written, written word dwells in the head, but his living word must go deeper and dwell in your heart. First Corinthians chapter two is one of my favorite books. Uh, if you're a scholar, if you want to go deeper in the word, you must read the epistles of Paul and you got to get deep in it. You got to take some time because it's not easily perceived. Actually, you have to be in the spirit to perceive it because the natural mind cannot receive these things. So we need to talk about the natural mind versus the spiritual mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. But God has revealed them to us. How did God reveal things to us? Listen, through his spirit. You're not going to get things from God by watching the news. Q and on, Q shouldn't be speaking to you. You need Holy Ghost. You need G, big G speaking to you, not Q. People are listening to QAnon so much, they, they are changing stuff about their lives, going after theory, listening to all of this jargon. If you listen to God like you listen to Q, if you had the big G like you got the big Q, maybe we wouldn't have the same world we have. God can't even get you to blow your nose. What in the world? How in the world? You're going to let Q tell you sitting, hidden secrets and all of that. Listen to me. God has revealed things through his spirit. You don't get it by reading news cycles and, and, and trying to get hidden things from people who don't even know God. If you want to know God, you got to go through his spirit to get it. Guess what? He's freely giving it out. Glory to God. So the scripture says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches. Not you. <laughs> See, if you want to get the word in your head, you study to show yourself approved unto God. But if you want to get it in your heart, you need the spirit to communicate it to you. The Bible says spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep, the deeper things, deeper dimensions of God, the deeper things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man? Now look at the contrast. Nobody really knows what you're thinking. They may think they do, but they don't really know. It's arrogant to say they know a person to say they know you exactly. It's just not true. The scripture says there's no way they can know you. 
They can believe they know you. They may know you enough to be able to dictate some things, but there's a hidden dimension of you. It's right here in the scriptures. Look at it. The Bible says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? Nobody knows what you're thinking. They can assume, but they don't know what you're thinking. Look at the word, which is in him. Even so, here's the contrast. No one knows the things of God <laughs> except the spirit of God. So just like you can't know what the person next to you is thinking or even the child that came through you is thinking or even the person that you're connected with is thinking in the same way you cannot dictate what spirit is saying unless spirit is in you so i just know that was god how do you know if you've never read the map how do you know the signs if you've never taken the test how do you know it's God? Because every spiritual thing isn't God. I preached a message over 21 years ago called the day of the tear. The Lord spoke to me as a young preacher and said after the, the, uh, the year 2000, this message is going to become more prevalent. It's going to become more profound. I may have to revise it and release it again. Because he told me that, that there's going to come a day where wheat and tear will be so similar that you won't be able to dif differentiate between what's God and what's not God. And I believe we're living in that day today. So, but, but those of us who have the spirit of God will be able to discern what's God or not. Because the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And he's able to give you an access point to release what God is doing into your mind. Stop trying to understand spiritual things in a carnal mind. Because the Bible is clear. You'll never understand it unless the spirit is showing it to you. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 12 in the New King James Version. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Let me say it again. Now we have not seen this. We have not. We have not received. We have. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So you can't. <laughs> listen, this is this is this is so profound It's going to help us to be able to start getting our heart healed because there's a mention of healing, healing the heart that only comes from God. It doesn't come from talking about it or going to a psychologist. We got to get into the presence of God to get certain things healed. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might, this is the purpose, that we might know, that that no, word know is intimate, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So the spirit of the world cannot pick up what God has freely given. The spirit of the world will misinterpret what God has freely given. Only the spirit of God can really communicate to you what God has already released in your life. A measure of healing. A measure of care, a measure of instruction, a, me a, me a measure of fulfillment, glory to God, a measure of empowerment that only spirit can communicate to you. And then I just really I just really love the word of God. Uh, I want you to look at the same passage in the New Living Translation. 
Verse 13, we, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. In other words, we're not trying to tickle you intellectually. We're not trying to tie philosophies together. What we're saying comes directly from the Spirit of God. And anything beyond what the Spirit communicates is not necessary. The Bible says we do not, we, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom or through halls of academia. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Using the Spirit's words, the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So the Spirit has a language. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues right now. It's a specific uh, arrangement of his words. It's simplistic, but it's powerful. Truth don't have to be deep. <laughs> it's just truth. True. And if you ever sit on the stand, the attorney going to tell you, I didn't ask you that. I don't need you to give me, you know, I need you to tell me what you saw. Very plain. I don't care about what you think you saw or what you assume. What did you see? The spirit is like that. He has a language. Very plain. He wants everybody to get an understanding. And in all that getting, hallelujah, get an understanding. The spirit Using spiritual words to explain spiritual truths. Verse 14, New Living Translation. But God who, who aren't, but people who aren't spiritual. Look at this. Who don't have the spirit on the inside of them. They're not trying to grow there. They've never invited God into a deeper dimension in their lives. People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God. They'll say it has to be deeper. It has to be greater. It has to be more than that. You know, I was just thinking. I was thinking. Listen, the spirit it doesn't even have your language. He's, his language is above ours. You notice he searches the deeper things of God. Scripture says he even searches all things. Yea, the deeper things of God. So if you want to go deeper, you have to tap into the depths. And the depths are in the spirit of God. People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God. They think it has to be more. They try to make it more. You got to wear long dresses. You can't wear your arms out. You can't have tattoos and all of these other rules and regulations. But the spirit don't say that. But the spirit says, I'll use you right where you are. I love you before you loved yourself. I love you when you were being hurt and abused. And I brought you out because I've got something for you to do. Woo, Jesus, thank you, God, for the truths. Uh, the Bible says, uh, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. So if your heart isn't spiritual, it will not know what the spirit is trying to get to it. That's why we have to turn the heart to God. Turn my heart, oh God, make it ever. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. For you are the potter, 
and I am the clay. Mold and make me. This is my prayer. This is what I pray. Change my heart. Well, I know, I know, I know. What do you know? You just see it here. God's language is not yours. You can know all things, but you, you can know as much as you know, but you won't know all things unless you tap into the spirit. Thank you, God. The Bible says it sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. But only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Verse 15, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. Those, <laughs> whew, those who are spiritual are able to evaluate correctly all things. They're not trying to tap into a person. They're trying to tap into the spirit. And when you tap into the spirit, the spirit knows all things, not us. Y'all understand that, right? Look at the word. This is going to help healing hearts. Look at the word. The Bible says those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they have themselves, but they themselves cannot evaluate, be evaluated by others. In other words, if you're unspiritual, you'll never be able to clearly get a readout on other people and they will never understand you if you're spiritual. If you get the spirit in you, you won't fit in the world. You'll hang out with them, but they, they won't understand you. They won't know how to work with you. And I'm not talking about because you're very spiritual or you're releasing something in the atmosphere. Your presence, the way you move, the way you deal with issues, it will discombobulate folk. They're freaking out and you're remaining calm. Verse 16, for who can know the Lord's thoughts or who, uh, who knows enough to teach him? Who, who's been God's counselor? Who can say they know the Lord's thoughts unless he revealed them? Even when you get the Lord's thoughts, you have to surrender yourself to him. There's a humility that takes place. Way too much arrogance in the body of Christ. I know God. I see I was telling God. God, you got to take care of this. Well, how do you know his mind unless you submit to him? You, God doesn't have to do anything. He's sovereign. When you come to him, come to him like he's the king. He said, okay, since you understand, and guess what? When David came before him, I'll enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I'm not demanding anything from God. I'm asking him, glory to God, after I praise him. And when you praise him, he opens up his heart to you. Know the signs. Know the ways, the language of the spirit. God will give you what you, what, what, what you desire. He'll make his desires your desires if you learn to worship him. And a worshiping heart will be a healed heart. I like this, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. We understand all of this deep stuff. You know why? Because we have the mind of Christ. I think Paul said in, in Philippians 2, let this mind be in you. Let it be in your heart. Let it pass your head. That's logos, head knowledge. We got to make it living. And when it becomes alive, it enters into your soul, into your heart. And we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What did the mind of Christ do? Who being in the form of God, having all of these rights, didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself. This is the mind of God. You got all of this. Oh, I got rights. I can do this and I can do that. But when, when, when it comes to God's purpose, I'm willing to let all of that go and humble myself and walk lowly before God. Humility is really the mind of Christ. 
So what good is it to have feet washing services and everybody's proud after washing feet? We must learn how to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. We've seen that our natural mind, uh, the mind in our head, uh, deals with temporal things. That's what it looks at. It looks at bills. It looks at car payments. It looks at houses. It looks at how am I going to make it. It looks at how much do I have in the bank. It looks at relationships that way. You know, are you with me or you're not with me? It are, they are temporal things. Uh, logic and reason. And that's, that's how the natural mind works. And that's where it should work. But our spiritual mind is a little different. The mind in our heart. The eye that's in your heart. The eye that's in the heart. I have a replica of a heart. This is a heart. Thank God for my prop people who made sure that when I said I needed a heart, they made sure I have one and a big one. <laughs> a big old heart. And this is probably the most precious organ that you have in your body. All of them are precious. But you just can't live without this one. And as it is in the natural, I think it sits somewhere around here. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. You need your heart to be alive. You need to give attention to it. It beats. Bo-bo. 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 That's how it beats. Even when you sleep. Bo-bo. 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 Let no demon, let no mentality, let no extra cholesterol, let no hatred reside in this because it'll choke it out. Bo-bo. You want that thing to be rhythm rhythmatically, consistently, without any obstruction. The older we get, the more we have to take care of the physical organ. But I'm drawing your attention to a bigger replica of it. Your spiritual heart. It has more of a capacity. Guard it with all diligence. Guard it. Guard it. Guard it. Make sure you guard it. Guard this thing because out of it flows the issues of life. Take care of this, but guard that one. Because everything you'll connect with comes out of it. And I wonder how many of us have exposed it to the elements or just dropped it on the ground or allow people to stomp on it. We even crush it our own selves. People try to give you a compliment. Ah, I'm not all that. Some people let others sit on their heart. I won't sit on it, but you get the picture, right? <laughs> I ain't sitting no more. <laughs> oh, no. It's a very precious organ. The mind of your heart, it deals with eternal things. The mind of your head deals with temporal things and logic and reason. And a lot of people are like, you know, what I was thinking. See, before I move for God, I need to make sure. See, I need to make sure. I only have no time to waste time. That's logic. Faith says, step out. Faith says, if God says it, I'll do it. <laughs> Logic says, I got to wait. I'm waiting the next three years for a confirmation. You don't need to wait on no confirmation to get busy. Actually, your spiritual eye and heart, once you start moving for God, you can just start doing anything like sweeping floor or cleaning up something. Holy Ghost will then start directing you to your purpose. 
You got to start somewhere. Start with humility, you'll end up with elevation. Start with humility, promotion comes. I don't care what you do. Holy Ghost has a way of zero, zero, you, zeroing you in on the very purpose he had for your life. But you got to be consistent. There are five things if you want to develop any kind of strength in your life. There are five things. You need determination. I mean, you need determination. You need commitment. <laughs> you need determination. That's a resolve on the inside to get it done. You need commit. You want to strengthen that heart physically? You need determination. You need a commitment to do certain things every day. You got to strengthen it. That's our message today. You don't strengthen this without spirit of God. Physically, you strengthen the heart by doing cardio. That's to build endurance. So you need commitment. You need dedication. You need endurance. That's your stamina. Your ability to stay focused over a period of time. To stay engaged over a period of time. And not lose strength halfway through a process. You also need strength itself. That means you have to put tension on your muscle. You want to strengthen something? Strength comes with tension. And you've got the mind of Christ. The next time you go through something, you want to say, why am I going through that? I don't deserve that. What you'll start saying is, he's strengthening me. Obviously, something is coming down the road, and he's giving me exactly what I need to overcome it. When you got the mind of Christ, and it's not just logos in your mind and quoting a thousand scriptures, but the logos has been activated. It has become rhema to you. It is now part of your flesh. You, it is spiritual. It's entered into your spiritual capacity. It's not head. It starts beating as your own heartbeat, glory to God. And the spirit quickens it when, when he needs to and when you need to. And when that happens, you start moving in a whole different dimension. What about flexibility? You need flexibility. That means when something doesn't go your way and you stretch, your muscle don't tear. You can bend. You can bend. You can stretch and not break. So many people are so rigid, frigid and rigid. No flexibility at all. No buoyancy at all. When you get in water, you sink to the bottom. When you get in a situation because there's no flexibility, you tear and break things because you can't move fluently. But if you want to grow, you have to work on your flexibility. And God is doing that in that spiritual dimension. All of those are at work in you when you love the Lord. When Holy Ghost is in charge. It knows directly without being taught. Listen to me. Holy Spirit knows directly without being taught. Now, some people will say, well, then that means we don't need teachers. No, your natural mind needs teaching. From elementary school all the way through life and in church, you need teaching. Forsake not the assembly of the teacher. Or coming underneath the teacher. That's Bible. But there's some things that the spirit only can teach.
That's why you need a personal relationship. And what he does is take the logos from its packed place. You notice what David said, hide it in my heart. Let me pack it away in the vault of my heart that I won't go bankrupt. Because that's where the Holy Ghost take the information that's in your mind or in your head. And he starts transferring it into your spirit. You need the teaching. That's how you pack it away. But you also need Holy Ghost that's going to take it from there and put it here. He's going to take it from here, this smaller capacity, and he's going to transfer it to that. You need all of it. You need your natural mind. You can't do anything for God with just the spiritual mind. You need your head in the game too. Glory to God. That's why this trial is not going to take you out. No devil is going to take you out. No devil is going to take away your mind. You're not going to lose your head. God wants your head in the game. Glory to God. Let me prophesy. Your head will be in the game. From this day forward. Glory to God. Your mind is being renewed. And God is transferring what he put in your mind all of these years into your spiritual capacity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's some things in your spirit it don't need to be taught. It's caught. Holy Ghost will transfer it there. You don't have to teach a glass how to be filled. You don't have to. All you need is a picture that's bigger and that picture will pour and the glass welcomes it. That's how you need to see your spirit. If you just open yourself up, take the lid off of it. And let God pour into you. He'll fill you up until you overflow. And nobody's got to teach you about the infilling. You will know it. And you shall know the truth. And you'll know it in your soul. Even if people walk away from you, they can't take away what you know. There's something that God puts in you that man can't take away. Glory to God. When you go through your hardest trial, you'll know it. He's with me. He'll let you know he's standing with you. When they don't call you anymore, he's with you. When you're standing all by yourself, he'll tell you you're not alone. Glory to God. When you feel your word, worse, he'll strengthen that capacity. And when my heart is overwhelmed, It can't take no more. Then God take me to the rock that's higher than I. Give me a deeper capacity. Glory to God. And some things you can't find out intellectually. You're not taught it. You, it, you catch it with your spirit. Sometimes it's difficult to know whether you're dealing with your mind or you're dealing with your heart. Because the mind don't want to let go of its control. It knows it's inferior to the spirit, but it wars against the spirit. It don't want you to let the spirit that's so open to God to be filled to start taking in fresh water. It wants to be in charge. 
it wants, it wants to talk about how you feel and how your emotions are, are, are all over the place and what you've been through. When the spirit is saying, just get out of the way and let me feel your spirit. And once your, fit, your spirit is feel, it'll take and start dominating the way your mind functions. The way God designed it is that he will pour into your spirit by his from your spirit. You'll start changing your mind and your heart, your, your physical heart and your mind, your head knowledge. And from there you will control the movements in your body. But what we've done because of the sin nature, that mind is in control. It tells the body what to do. But God told me to tell you he's saving your mind and he's saving your soul. And when in that process, he's going to start feeding and pumping in knowledge into your spirit. Glory to God. And once the spirit is full grown, you'll start dominating your own soul. And God's thoughts will be more prevalent than your own. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you want to get there? I want to get there where the mind of Christ is the dominant force in me. Not what I feel and what I think. And I believe God from this, uh, this empowerment of the word that he's going to take us there. Glory to God. I feel it in my heart and you shall know the truth. Whew, and the truth will make you free. I just, I hear it. That's not something you need to be taught. You'll know it. It's like nobody has to teach you if you're in love. Nobody has to say, well, I think you'll know it. Thank you, God. And when you fall in love with Jesus, you'll know it. You just know it through and through. You know it in your heart and in your soul. I know he loves me and I love him back. Sometimes I make mistakes, but I know he loves me. He's always loved me. And sometimes I'm not at 100%, but I know one thing. He loves me. Glory to God. He's proven it to me over the years. He, he speaks to my spirit in the night season. He, when I'm riding along, glory to God, he lets me know I'm in the car with you. I could be down in my spirit, and he'll let a butterfly fly right before me. He knows how to lift me up. He'll let the wind blow away a storm so you can have your festival. He knows what he's doing. It can be raining in the south and the sun is shining on the move that he has in your life and you know this has got to be God. Woo! That love and that joy and that peace, it doesn't come from you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't generate from our flesh. It's a fruit that comes from God. And it's not yours. He imparts the love. He imparts the, the, the faith. He imparts the peace. He even gives you joy unspeakable. And full of glory. This glory, hallelujah, that's on the joy is unspeakable. There's glory on my joy. I'm not just smiling, but there's a bounce in me. There's glory from God that's inside of me. It's coming out of me. It's going, it's rushing over all of the stuff that I'm going through. It's dwelling on the inside and from the inside out, I see my ways in God. I see my life in Christ. Glory to God. Both Christ and the Spirit of the Lord have chosen to make your heart his dwelling place. 
He says, I want to live in this. That's where I'm taking my abode, your human spirit. I'm going to dwell there. From there, this thing right here should not control you. The capacity is much bigger. If you're not careful, this will try to rule this. I want you to think about where your heart is right now. Is it a lid over your spiritual capacity? Does it need to be removed out of the way so God can dwell in this? And then he can shift that. Thank you, Lord. Ah. Hallelujah. Let's give God some glory right now. Just right here. In your own way. I feel the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Feel your people. Feel your people. Feel your people, Lord. Feel your people. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, I long to dwell in your heart. Not just on a Sunday when you come to church. But I want to go with you. I want to walk with you now. I was never designed to be topical. Just what you feel every once in a while and it makes you shout, I want to live on the inside of you. That's where I want to be. Both Jesus and the Holy Spirit wants to live deep in your heart and in dwelling. He wants to abide. If you relinquish control, relinquish control and invite him in, he will do so. If you relinquish control and allow them in, they will do that. You have to say within yourself, I can do all things. Don't stop right there. Through Christ who strengthens me. There are people who said, I can do all things, but it's through Christ. The strength doesn't come from you. But it's through him who gives me strength. When he says, don't fear, he says, don't fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness, my righteous right hand. That's right out of Isaiah 41. I will strengthen you. The strength for the spiritual heart does not come from muscle or determination alone. It comes from God. The book of Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord 
your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. When he says be strong, you know why he says it? Because I want to go with you. I want to work with you. I want to disciple you. I want to help you. Isaiah 40 and 31, the Lord is my strength. But they who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of the eagle. They will run and not be weary. They will walk. And if you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. This is not a strength that you can renew on your own. He does it. Surrender to him. You just decide to allow him to do so. Then Exodus 15 and 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. He is my God and I will praise him. He's my father's God. And I will exalt him. Thank you, Lord. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, Please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.